0: I'm finished. No oh, good. So that's, not, not, I didn't mean, oh good, Jeff. I'm so you. done with number what? three. <laughs> 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 so that's number three marketing is a core part of the business. Hello and welcome to episode 201 of the Rockstar CMO effing marketing podcast. It's Saturday, the 20th of January. I hope you've had a good week. You're well and staying as sane as you feel you need to be. I'm your host, Ian Truscott. I'm not a rock star, but I'm a three-time CMO and trusted marketing advisor. And with the help of my guests and chums share the marketing street knowledge that I hope will inspire your inner rock star. Come say hello. You can find links to me and my guests in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com or on LinkedIn at rockstarcmo. And we are proud members of the Marketing Podcast Network. This week in the marketing studio, Jeff Clark and I will be discussing the Rockstar CMO rider, those things you should insist on. When starting a new senior marketing gig, and I then get transported away in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar with Robert Rose for a cocktail and the marketing food. But first, we need to pay the bar tab. I'll be back in a moment. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. You may know you're listening
1: to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business?
0: On to our first segment, the Rockstar CMO Studio, with my chum, Jeff Clark, our resident strategy advisor and former Forrester Research Director.
2: Oh, Ian, come on in to the studio. Thank you, mate. How are you? I am doing very well, uh, enjoying Enjoying a nice uh, snowy winter. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, after we're done here in the studio, we might... uh, go out and get in the snow
0: get the skis on splendid yeah i am uh as you know we used to live in south of you in connecticut and uh and my wife still gets the school updates
2: (laughs) (laughs) the school's canceled it was probably canceled uh, on tuesday yeah so she she
0: hasn't unsubscribed and so um, i'm sure that's perfectly fine and legal and there's no data protection (laughs) issues or anything but um, just for old times' sake, she stays in touch with what's going on in the schools of where we used to live, and uh, yeah. So have you have you told her how to use the unsubscribe link? Well, no, no, <laughs> she knows perfectly well how to do that. It's just a little nice little reminder, a ghost from our past, I guess. So yeah. So it's uh, so yes, you've been having plenty of snow. We've just been having crisp, cold days, which I quite like because I like a long walk. So that's fantastic. Listen to my podcast. Awesome. <laughs> So that's the weather done. Splendid. Uh, so this week, uh, we were, uh, was it last week we saw this? I think it was, wasn't it? We I think it was about, about it after, a week ago. Yeah, we were talking about it after last week's show. We read a, a blog post from a friend of the show, and probably more importantly than that, he used to be our old boss Grant Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> we, we still have to suck up to him. <laughs> he's a perfectly lovely fellow, and perfectly, you know, you, you, he's not the type you'd uh, who'd insist on sucking up to him. I don't think he's a, he's a very Correct. decent fella. Anyway, it reminded us of the CMO rider from a few years ago. In fact, it was something we did, I think, before. You're involved in Rockstar CMO. It's it's been quite a few years, uh, Jeff. So I thought it'd be a good thing for us to visit in our new incarnation of Rockstar CMO. Um, and basically, what the Rockstar, what the Rockstar CMO Rider is, is a list of things that one should insist when you're going to a new gig, a new CMO role, or a new senior marketing role. And what is it that people look for? So the original one we did was with a bunch of people that I'd interviewed uh pre-podcast it was in print at the, uh, not print it was in it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was on stone was, tablets yes it was in stone <laughs> tablet no it was uh, it was typed or whatever what would you call it in in um digi- type set. in digital form it was oh, written okay. in digital form it wasn't printed. Um, and uh, and I asked a bunch of people that we talked about about what they would put on their rider as part of the interview process that I did when, when I used to do the backstage interviews. And it came up with these seven things, uh, which obviously predates our very strict editorial policy. I've only had 5 <laughs> <heffing> things. <laughs> so on that rider was uh, number one, and also I'll add a link to, in the show notes, to the original rider, and you can see that. And there's a bunch of quotes from some of the lovely CMOs and people that I chatted to at that time. And number one was inspired leadership. Number two, great people. Number three, marketing is considered a long-term core part of the business. And number four, a product people love. And number five, the right tools. And number six, some fun. Number seven, which came from a chap called Ted Rubin, no bullshit, right? So, about the politics. <laughs> he would say. That. <laughs> so, we've had a bit of a re- rethink and uh, also based on the blog post that we we're talking about. And actually, it's more than just that blog post that Grant's working on because he's got a website called CM- CMO Mentor and he shares a lot of this kind of content, doesn't he, about what one should look for um in in a cmo role and there's there's quite a lot there so i'll add a link to that in the show notes as well so anyway so uh, so we've come up with a different how many did we come up with we broke our editorial i think policy. we came up with seven, seven as well yeah yeah so we've come up with seven so let's uh let's start cracking through those and one of the things i'll do is i'll send these out and then um it'd be great if you the listener have any feedback on any of these what would you add to this list so let's get going so number one uh and uh not sure which way order we're gonna uh, which way around we're gonna do this but anyway the cmo has a seat at the top table and that's a slight difference to what we had before because before we had inspired leadership but i think it, yes we want inspired leadership for, for sure but i think it's important that the cmo or the marketing leader is part of the top table and what grant said in his post uh, for me, the first area of inquiry is understanding where the CMO role fits within the organization's hierarchy. Whether it reports the CEO, president, or CRO says quite a bit. And if it doesn't report to the CEO, I would have serious reservations that you'd really have. To, would you really have a seat at the table? Can you maximise marketers' input and control your destiny? Uh, by the way, that's nothing like how Grant talks. So. <laughs> Maybe you should it have had is, him on the show. That is how he that is how he wrote it. Uh, maybe, what say you, ghost, Jeff?
2: A, a, maybe he has a ghostwriter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or good. he used he used ChatGPT. Uh either way, it yes. is an excellent point and mm-hmm. is definitely something to add to to the uh, the CMO writer because Um, you know, it's, it. I mean, and we've talked, uh, you know, in previous episodes about, you know, CMO having a role in not only in kind of shaping the strategy for the company, you know, not Mm -hmm. that they're driving it solely, but that they're having a role shaping it. And then that's also something they need to be tightly in tune with so they can communicate the business strategy down Mm -hmm. to their team. And, you know, if you're trying to demonstrate business impact and you're, you know, you're solely sitting under the CRO Um, or you're solely sitting under a business unit, then you're going to be, you're going to have the blinders on of the perspective that, that, that that leader has and it makes it more difficult to um yeah. to truly have cross business impact
0: yeah and i think what this basically boils down to is um a definition of what a cmo is right so it's some um, sometimes the ceo will f- or the senior team will feel differently about what you think a cmo is and and, yeah. and really it's about the cmo being a leader in the business is about being the force for change is about growth is about you know all of those things that we talk about that marketing does rather than just oh just go sit over there with the crayons and the uh, and the unicorns right? <laughs> we always bring the unicorns up <laughs>
2: that must have been part of one of your job descriptions yeah
0: <laughs> show me on the doll where they hurt you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there 's a good and I think, and also it sort of um it really relates to the original rider where we were talking about inspired leadership so the, so that first one completely inspired by grant and by the way there 's um the one of the other things that came out of from the, the the rider, which is something I had to explain to people sometimes is obviously what is a rider, but also I keep referring to brown m and m s um because a billion years ago Van Halen. Had brown M and M's. No, had the, there must be no M and M's in their M and M's. No brown. They M&... were brown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the reason why they did that is because. They wanted to make sure people were paying attention to the rider because there's actually a safety issue that if people aren't paid attention to their rider, then something bad could happen. So, so it was it was does, does brown M and M's does that cause I don't know uh, allergic reactions? And <laughs> in... no, I think it was just something. <laughs> I'll have, I'll include the link to this in the show notes as well. But there's a great explanation of why they did it. They weren't just being. Sort of awkward, and I think that also relates back to some of this: is that these need to be your boundaries, right? Because if you go in and and the organization doesn't meet your your rider, then you know you're probably going to have problems further down the line, which probably contributes why the tenure of an average CMO is about a fortnight, right? So it's probably you know
2: your 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 story about the brown MMs just reminds me. I actually saw the guys from Van Halen in the hotel in portland maine i can't remember what the hotel, but it was kind of like the nicest hotel in portland yeah. maine and uh and if i knew then what i know now i would have said <laughs> so do you guys have brown m&ms in your <laughs> yeah. in your hotel room yeah they're famous. <laughs> anyway, that
0: was number one and that was back to me describing what a bloody rider is and uh and the van halen thing so number two uh, on on our rider would be great people. So I think, and again, I'm going to pull a little bit from Grant here. Cat, think about whether you can envision working with them. So specifically the leadership team, will the journey be fun and rewarding? Is there a uni- unified team, one or a group of individuals more concerned about their own functions and personal outcomes? Uh, not saying anything about leadership teams that are focused around that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to this, Jeff? Would you put great people on your rider? Absolutely. and yeah. I, And
2: I think, you know, I mean, you know, if you've got to collaborate with, you know, the head of sales CRO, you got to collaborate with the head of product, you've got, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be people on a corporate strategy team or whatever that you, you need to be working with. And, and uh, so I think this is critically important to your success. And I think his quote is, is right on the money because, yeah. you know, I've, I've been in organizations where, you know, people are, either uh more focused on their own personal outcomes or they're maybe yeah. they're scared of the ceo and, and so they do so they're just purely yes people yeah and it um and it just makes it, it, it unless you want to be one of those yes people it uh, makes it very tough to for yeah. you to be successful so um and it's something i mean that this this is where we can start getting into you know what how do you how do you determine these things and I think this is one of the things you get into an interview process it when you're getting into an interview process and you're talking to some of the people who are going to be your peers yeah is you know you know how's working with so and so or how do you guys collaborate what are you know there's the executive team meetings you know how do those go and then how do do you guys work outside of executive team meetings I mean there's lots of questions you can use to kind of dig Um, into the issue here
0: yeah and I also think that um organizations need to recognize that, that process is a selling process as much as a buying process, right? Which is that you need to convey to your potential new CMO or new leader or anybody you hire, um, you know, the, the, how, what, a, what a good team you are and how good you work together and, yeah, yeah. and all that kind yeah. of good stuff, right? And I also quite, I'm going to go back to the original writer and it's, it's uh, Jenny Young's got a great quote in here and she's, I had to look this up, she's now the VP of Marketing at Circular. I think at the time she was the CMO at Tapit. Um, she says, a passionate and engaged team, both in the marketing department and across the business. The whole organisation needs to be engaged and support what the marketing team is delivering. Silo working is not an option. And the reason why I raise that is because um, it's beyond the executive team, isn't it? Is it does the organisation believe in marketing? You know, are we all you know going in the same direction? So I think that was, that's a nice point as well. Well, right? it is that gets into a cultural, you know. If it, oh if yeah, it's, we're going to talk it's about culture, culture in a second. Sil- yeah. I know, but yeah. it's, if it's siloed at the top, yeah. then
2: yeah. it's going to be siloed
0: all the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's great people, and specifically the team we're going to directly work with. Number three, marketing is a core part of the business, and this is a direct lift from the original rider that we, we created Back in the day and i think that uh, the quote then that i have <laughs> which is wonderfully uh, on the money with in terms of our analogy which is the number one ride item for me and this is from robert rose who's also on the show is a long-term marketing investment vision marketing strategies are evolving from a legacy campaign centric view of faster iterative projects to a more 24 by 7 by 365 always on mentality he also, there was also a great quote from him as well. wasn't there about a guitar. What was where's that one gone? His magic guitar. <laughs> oh. Uh, We've, I've seemed to have deleted it from the notes. Hang on. Where's Ellen? <laughs> I, don't,
2: I don't remember the magic guitar. <laughs> I have one back here in my studio though.
0: <laughs> I know. He said, if I could wave my magic rockstar guitar and get any rider I wanted, I'd force some CEOs to have that patience for a long-term marketing investment. So it's related yep. to this. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> is that marketing is a core part of the business not, not only that is that we're in there for the investment so what say you jeff do you agree with this
2: uh, i absolutely agree and um you know i mean this is something where uh you know you can dig into some some facts what's marketing's you know budget as a percent of revenue you know if it's like one percent for a small company it's like okay marketing's not a (laughs) core part of the business um you know what were the past goals accomplishments of you know prior cmos or leaders you know you know what's the business looking for for impact uh you know and if you don't get answers that are you know pretty well well defined well articulated uh and if they you know it's like maybe marketing was previously not but we're actually looking to make marketing a core part of the business I know mm-hmm. I know grants come into a couple of those situations where it's like okay now it's time it's actually time for us to invest so yes. um so therefore you know p- past performance might not be an indication yeah, yeah, of future yeah. performance yeah but at least you're you're trying to dig into the conversation. Yeah. Of, well, uh, of 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 what the importance of marketing will be. Yeah,
0: well, I've had that twice, you know, and quite often part of a CMO hire is is on the back of fresh investment or you know fresh impetus from the organization to grow and there's more growth budget that comes in so completely agree with you don't always look at past performance it might be there's a new team in town there's new investment in town and they're looking to light the fire under this rocket ship right so that's certainly been the situation for me uh, particularly at censure when i'm cmo there so that's uh, marketing is a core. Did I interrupt you there? You had finished. No, your point. I'm finished. Oh, good. So that's not, I didn't mean. Oh, good, Jeff. I'm I mean. so done with number three. <laughs> 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 so that's number three. Marketing is a core cool part of the business, and I, and I think some of these we could absolutely hammer home for 20 minutes on their own, couldn't we? So number four, and this is a net. This is a new in. If I did this like the charts, so who is it that does the charts in the US? So if I, I need that charty type voice, new in at number four. there's freedom to play your set list so this was an interesting one we were discussing this for quite a while before i hit record and i quite like this idea so this is the idea that your skills match the company's gap so what you're going to do um match sorry what it is that your strengths are match the needs of the business or at least you know that you you've i mean you're gonna have a whole team and stuff like that so this was kind of suggested by you Jeff. Would you care to elaborate for me? Later? I could
2: I could elaborate I'm on struggling. this. I, mean, I I've 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 talked to um, you know people who've come into companies like well, I'm a demand generation guy, so mm-hmm. I'm here to solve uh, directly impact input and make mar- sure marketing mm-hmm. impacts the demand. I, or, or I'm the sales support mm-hmm. guy, so everything we do is about creating materials, messaging, arming sales people because it's a sales driven organization, mm-hmm. or I'm coming into where there's an entirely dysfunctional team. So regardless of what other focus of marketing I may have, my primary objective is to rebuild uh, the team, get it working. I mean, that's actually the, mm. the last episode we did on the five yeah. dysfunction of the teams. Yeah, that's yeah. where the CEO came in without hardly any experience in the market they were in. She was in. And it was all about making the team work. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, you could be, uh, which we'll refute, re- refer to, soon is I'm a brand guy and I'm here to solve a problem that the company has a poor perception or poor awareness and and so that's what I'm here to do. And oftentimes, particularly in larger organizations, you know, it, it isn't one thing, but when you get into startups and you get into, mm-hmm. you know, mid tier companies, often there is like one particular focus. Um and in any situation it it might be that you're you're there to solve a gap. Yeah. So you want to yeah. be clear on that gap, and if they, uh, in the interview process, if they articulate a gap that's like, well, I guess that's not really me, then
0: uh, <laughs> it might be best to move on. Well, also, I think it's a broader conversation there as well, which is that I think if you can see what the problems are, you need the freedom... Like we said, to play your own set, you need that Yeah, you need you need that freedom to go and make the changes you you can see need to be made. I mean, I think I don't think we're suggesting here that. Well, I'm not suggesting. I know you're not suggesting. <laughs> I'm not suggesting here that you go in and say this is my playbook. I'm going to use this everywhere. And we've seen that with a CMO. We absolutely, we've seen that. <laughs> this is my playbook. I'm going to go in my playbook, and this is the way it's going to be done. Not suggesting that, but certainly suggesting that to make sure that you've got the freedom to fix the problems you have that, that you can see in marketing, right? Rather than that, you know, you might not be given that leverage. So, yes, I think that's the point, isn't it? F- 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 so, number four, free to play your set list. So, free to m- to make your impact and, and stuff. Yeah? I'm going back to my old tunes. Yeah,
2: seeing if they work <laughs> <laughs> in the next job. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Number five, and again, something we discussed beforehand. It'd be interesting if any of the listeners have an opinion on this. One of the things we we're putting in here, and it actually was inspired by Grant. Again, I might, as, I might as well have just had him on the show, right? And the two of us could have stayed at home. But the, <laughs> the is, Somebody asked the interview. <laughs> and so is, um, he believes that the value of the brand is an important thing that you need to make sure is understood before you go into a new role. Um, to, to quote what he said, he's, I've also found that many companies don't really value or understand branding. So it's important to get the company's perspective on the role and importance of the brand. Now, I think that's slightly contentious, and I think we both agree that whether this should be on a rider or not, because not every CMO role, it relates to the previous rider entry, Not not every marketing challenge is going to be about brand. Am I, what do you think?
2: are you are you, are you spoken something <laughs> well it's his rock star so perhaps you are um i I think you know the I think the key the key point here is that um is that you know brand is very important to a company being successful mm. and 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 that's important for people selling it's important for people in service and support it's important for certainly important for for marketing because the the more yeah, in tune with your brand your audience is the better your so if i'm a demand gen guy mm. you know it, it's going to work better if if there's a, a good awareness and preference for my brand and obviously if there are issues you you can go in and fix them but but you want the the executive team and the board to understand that that the brand is important Mm. So you 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 might not be there to specifically solve a brand issue, but if, if they don't think brand's important, then you may find yourself having, you know, uncomfortable conversations because you you come to the conclusion. It's yeah. like, oh, we're trying to get into a new market, but those people don't know us. And so we've got to invest yeah. something in our brand to for them to be aware before we start selling and da-da-da-da-da. And they go, eh, no, we're just going to, like, send our best sales rep. Mm. And it's like, well, okay, that's not going to work very well.
0: All right, yeah, well, I think, um, and, you know, this is, as an old boss used to describe to me, describe some of these things. These are wet clay, right? So they're still things we're forming as ideas, right? <laughs> but um, I don't know why that popped into my head. But um, it hasn't got much of a rock star analogy, has it? Wet. No, it clay. doesn't. Anyway, no, that's all right. So the I think there's a couple of things here. One is, is I think if you're working with a CEO and a C-suite and they understand the value of brand, it implies a deep understanding of the value of marketing that is beyond sort of pay-per-click and, um, you know, uh, yep. the metrics. Research and the rankings, rankings and, and da 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 da, da. So That's cool. The other thing is I think that brand is a... And I think we've discussed it. It's a um, it's a multiplier on all of your activities. Right. So every activity is going to perform better if you've got a strong brand. So, again, if they understand that, then that's great. So I think I think it should be on the I think at least understanding the value, the whether brand is valued is an important thing to have on your on your next job rider. Right. I think, so yeah, I think number five. Totally agree. 100%. All right, cool. 100%. So, so stumbled over that one. So that was number number five, brand <laughs> is valued. Number six. This is why we only do five, because once we get past <laughs> five, we start. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think it's more about our prep. Okay. Right? And um, number six. Uh, people love the product. So I think this is important, isn't it? So um, in the original rider, there's a great quote from Tom Wentworth, who's the CMO of Recorded Futures. He says, my rider has three things on it, a large market, great people, and a product that users love in that order. You can build a good company with one or two of these things, but if you want to build a great company, you need all three. So really, so he's pointing at the previous things we talked about, but really it's about a product that users love. What say you to that, then Jeff. I, you know, it's it's
2: great working f- for a company where you've got happy customers and strong advocates mm. because you know your marketing testimonials, speakers, it shows conferences. I mean, it just it is such a difference when you have yeah. you know really good customers that you know have maybe have their own brand recognition, but they they say great things about the organization. And again, obviously, when you get into um, you know if marketing is going to have a impact on um, customer satisfaction, mm. retention, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you know, it's like people, what people are buying is the product. <laughs> They're not buying yeah. your messaging. And Absolutely. so, um, so, you know, having a product that people love, it's uh, very sticky, that, that, that's got long-term value for the organization. I mean, that just, uh, that, yeah. that goes miles in terms of, um, you know, the yeah. ability to fuel your, your marketing So I I would look for, you know, recordings from past conferences. Have customers been speaking there? Can Mm -hmm. you find customers through your own network uh, that you could talk to? You certainly can look for reviews on the, you know, Mm G2, Captera, you know, blah, 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 blah. Google reviews or whatever. Depending on the market, and um, yeah. and it, and this is probably an easy thing to get a good sense of.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's something marketing can't fix, right? There's a myth, you know. There seems to be a view that marketing can solve some of these issues, yeah. but you know, and and it's also part of brand, isn't it? The delivery of the product is 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 the brand perception in the, in the market's mind rather than brand that you're creating, right? This idea, Correct. there are two brands. There's the one you create and it's the one that's in their heads and the one they talk about when you're not in the room. So really important to have a great product and it doesn't have to be like people love it, like some crazy cool product. It could be some boring legal thingy that people just, you know, they need it and they want it and they love it. So that's important. Okay. So number six, people love the product. Uh, finally, number seven, uh, a good company culture. And we kind of conflated these because in the original list, we had number six was some fun and then we had Ted's no bullshit, right? So we've conflated these just to have a good company culture, which is a, a kind of bit loose kind of term. But I think that that's important, isn't it? There's some fun in there and there's no politics in there and all that kind of stuff. And and also, I think, um, as I think um, Grant was sharing in, in, in his blog post, is that you fit in right? So what yep. do you say to that? What, yeah. do, what do you think about I,
2: companies? You know, I th- I think you're right, you know, it, so there's a, you know, there's one aspect of this where it's just like you can find out whether, you know, it's a positive culture, you know, you can look mm-hmm. at glassdoor ratings, you can, you know, talk to others, you know, who are in the company that are kind of not necessarily in your interview cycle. I know I've done that at a couple jobs. You know, you find yeah. somebody that you can connect to that's yeah. maybe further down and, you know, just get a sense. Um, and, um, you know, but then it is, it does, part of it does come back to the match aspect, yeah. but not a match from a skills perspective or a yeah. experience, but, a you know, some people like high pressure. Some people mm. like, you know, uh, yeah. you know, a company that's kind of got a, an uneven keel. Some people mm. like to be in high growth oriented. Some people like to be in stable and profitable yeah, yeah. organizations. Uh, I, I've been in all of them, and it is kind of funny how how we just... <laughs> The memories of where of whether you felt more, uh, you know, part of the culture because it kind of fit your own, you mm, know, personality sure. and style. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. so yeah, I think this is a uh, absolutely good one, and and I certainly agree with the um, the no bullshit. Because if if you know, if you're getting bullshit on items one through six, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, then yeah.
0: all is for not. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think there, as long as it's straight, because I think that some people thrive really well, like you say, in, in sort of high high growth, sales-orientated, sales-led organizations where there's a bit of a boiler room pressure situation. Other people, that's not for them. But I mean, it's figuring out whether this is a, a good company culture. And, it's a, and the other thing with all of these rider items, is, isn't there, There's two sides to it. Is it your fit and what they have? Right. So a good company culture means somewhere where you feel you're going to fit in. Right. We can't demand that they have a great culture. What does that mean? Anyway, so that's the seven. So let me let me recap the seven. And so the first one is the CMO has a seat at the top table. Very important. Second one. Great people, both in terms of the leadership team and the marketing team. And that, uh, you know, it's a great company to work for. Number 3 marketing is a core part of the business which is maybe should be number 2 but let's think about that. Number 4 that you're free to play your set list so you're able to solve the problems that need to be solved. Number 5 brand is valued. Number 6 people love the product and number 7 there's a good company culture where you can fit in and there's some fun and no bullshit. So those are our seven. Love to hear what people think about those seven. I'll obviously put those in the show notes and you can give me your feedback. And we finally get to our last agenda item. Jeff, what song have you picked for this week? I'm going to pick a fun, no bullshit
2: song. Uh, (laughs) Papa's got a brand new bag. So we're actually going way back to 1965 in James Brown. And it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's... Make, you know, he's he's out. He's got a brand new bag. He's he's looking for a new new shtick, a new thing. You know, and he ain't no drag. Papa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> I lo- just has a good feel with this. You
0: know? Yeah, no, it's an absolute classic tune. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to playing that playing out with that. There, there were some other suggestions, that were a bit newer, but yeah. So that's Papa's got a brand new bag by James Brown from 1965. And will I see you? In the in the studio next week, you you've got a very fussy writer, yes. right? I mean, <laughs> yes, I mean, a very fussy writer. What's the culture like? Um, <laughs> well, yes. I'll, I'll send you a packet of M and M's with no brown ones in. So All right. If you'll, Actually,
2: if I like you the don't. brown M and M's. You can just send me the brown M and M's.
0: I'll send you the brown M and M's. The ones I'm not giving to Van Halen. All right, buddy. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you next week. Enjoy the snow this afternoon. Thank you. Hey jeff and that was of course a little bit of james brown and papa's got a brand new bag from 1965 and i'll include links to that article by grant johnson on cmo mentor and the original rockstar cmo rider in the show notes on rockstarcmo.com right it's that time of the week to wind down in the rockstar cmo virtual bar and join chief troublemaker at the content advisory robert rose for a cocktail and a marketing thought
1: Moments. What are you drinking? Oh, hello, my friend, and welcome to the... And, and boy, you. do I love what you've done with <laughs> the bar here. <laughs> you've got... It, this is like an it's like an old timey Western bar. Like I've you know, there's the piano player in the corner. You've got a couple of gunslingers playing mm-hmm. poker in the back. This is this is really fun. That sort of old timey Western
0: <laughs> feel to it. Oh, you know,
1: that banjo and that that guy playing the banjo is
0: that, that's just delightful. It is delightful to learn. That's what. Well, this week <laughs> so i know what i'm editing this weekend but yes it's all uh, it's to make you feel at home you know it's a, a nice uh, midwest texan thing i think the the new world and all that you know yeah. what you do. <laughs> do
1: you like it that's yeah it's it i, I really <laughs> like it i mean it's going to go well it goes very well with mm-hmm. our cocktail that we have this week Splendid. uh for you know for uh, celebrating here at the bar it's called the prickly mm-hmm. pear cactus margarita
0: Ooh. um
1: i had one of these recently and it has just it's it's a wonderful wonderful uh way to make a margarita mm-hmm. um and it's also a beautiful color as well so uh, mm-hmm. if, if you're not aware it's obviously tequila um, yes. with our with our prickly pear mm-hmm. uh margarita and then of course as much tequila as you like i like two parts tequila there to any other thing that you would put in there lime juice or um Mm -hmm. i don't like the traditional margarita mixes so Mm -hmm. i just like it with a straight up lot of lime juice um but then you add uh the idea of what's called prickly pear syrup now i don't normally like sugar um Mm -hmm. or artificial sweeteners but prickly pear syrup is is a bit of an exception here now you can Google that. I have no idea how difficult it is to find in various parts of the world. It's very easy yeah. here in the in California, yeah. but that could be because it's California. So yeah. prickly pear syrup is what it's called. It's on Amazon. It's on uh, all mm-hmm. the places. Uh, but it's a very specific kind of sweetener. Um, yeah. And it, by the way, it goes good on pancakes. It's good. It's, it's It's a very all distinct right. taste. But mm-hmm. then you add that and you have what you call a prickly pear margarita.
0: Mm. i I think i mean i've seen those prickly pears because i've seen them where the very westerns that this bar is based on were filmed in southern spain so there's some you know we definitely have prickly pears in europe so i'd have to figure out where you get those syrups from but that sounds okay yeah it's
1: it's uh it's it's a lovely and it you know, it makes it of a, a lovely colour of mm. uh pink usually. Yes. Um yeah. so you you get a nice colour to it as well.
0: Yeah, and goes well, as you say, with the theme for the bar this week. And um where shall we be drinking these? We're going to go out to the desert. Uh-huh. Um, I feel it. And, <laughs> uh, and, and the reason we're going out to the
1: desert is because uh, my wife, as, as, we, as we record this and, and get mm-hmm. ready for production, is she's headed out to Sedona, Arizona. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been looking at pictures of Sedona, Arizona for the last couple of weeks as she prepares for her sojourn, which she likes to do every year, get out yeah. to the desert. I hate the desert, so I don't go. Um, so, but, but but we're gonna go. We're gonna go and hang out in the desert and drink a couple uh-huh. of these. You know, out in the warm, warm, which is lovely. A warm desert. You know, sort of the winter <laughs> in the desert is always lovely. Yeah. Um, and watch the sunrise or the sunset and drink a yeah. couple of these prickly pear margaritas.
0: Ye yeah. and ha, I think as they would say. Where um, and then yeah. as we watch, <laughs> as we watch the sun go down and the. Uh, and the mooing and the grazing or whatever goes on in the desert. What um, And the conversation turns to marketing. What are we talking about this week?
1: Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the talent crunch that we see um, mm-hmm. that's happening right now. Yeah, so yes. it's it's an interesting new year, and what we're seeing a lot of is, you know, there's a lot of research out there that is sort of coming together to sort of point to an interesting mm-hmm. trend. Um, and so, you know, what... Our own research sees this a lot where we still see marketing budgets being limited,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, you know, under a high degree of scrutiny. Um, So a lot of CMOs feel like they still lack the budget to really fully execute a strategy that they want to. Um, The source of that pain or that sort of thorn in the side is really around the new integration of cross-functional. Um, parts of marketing, which mm-hmm. largely means content. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we actually get messaging and media and content created across sales and account services and brand and web and all the different channels? So it's cross-functionally, you know, sort of a drag as it were, and there, there's, there's a sort mm-hmm. of collaboration drag on the organization, just hard to operate efficiently, Um, and basically it becomes harder to achieve goals when you have that sort of drag on the system, um, because you can't spend as much time or effort or resources on doing really cool stuff that would differentiate you. And it's sort of a, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy there. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is, is that as AI comes to bear generative AI, specifically automation, more technology around personalization, more competition with media, so the pressure to do more and interesting things when it comes to content experiences, both digital and physical, is mm-hmm. still high. So there's this sort of, you know, you're sort of stuck in the middle if you're a marketing leader, which is this, yeah. okay, I need to do stuff, but I can't actually do it because I don't have the budget for a new headcount and new resources to be able to do it. Yeah, And so what we've seen sort of as a response to that, and this is more of a 2023 trend that we saw, which was the sort of rise of fractional stuff. Um, yeah. You know, the fractional CMO, the fractional CFO, the fractional COO, the fractional marketing director, the fractional marketing VP, you know, sort of mm-hmm. fractional roles that are being brought in to sort of fill gaps of leadership primarily to say, mm-hmm. here's how to organize ourselves better into you know doing doing things that we're not doing, right? Yes. In other words, we can't afford or we don't need a full-time CMO, so let's bring someone in who we hope can actually bring the skill position that we need yeah. in leadership to pull all this stuff together and actually help us evolve when we don't have the wherewithal to evolve ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so the classic uh, idea is also holding true that, in-housing sort of building internal capabilities is still the trend in other words what cmos aren't doing in reaction to this is outsourcing and all the agencies agencies are suffering agencies are really Mm -hmm. you know struggling right now because so much of marketing is being done in-house and that's a trend that started five six seven years ago and has really just accelerated and now even the ana is saying it's no longer a trend it's a core strategy right it's just done right 90 percent of companies now have some form of in-house marketing okay. team to handle all this stuff. And so we really see this as a problem of content and marketing and, you know, the and, and specifically operations in content operations in marketing and the trouble, the sort of tension that we're seeing, and this is sort of the, the introduction to this new trend that we're seeing, which is, as more and more, and by the way, work from home and remote work adds complexity to this, is we're seeing the roles change from okay, your role is now to own this entire area as marketing or as a demand gen team or as a mm-hmm. you know as a brand person, et cetera, to sort of taskification, right? Where basically everything's being turned into a list of tasks that need to get done, and we can either bring in people or assign freelancers, or bring in these fractional roles to sort of handle these these, these tasks. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't work either because what's happening is is that we see sort of at the heart of this taskification is that there's no foundation. There's no plan. In other words, you don't understand, the business doesn't understand the process. The business doesn't understand how they manage and create and optimize content. They just sort of do it. Like people just do it. There's no process or standard or operational playbook or anything in to, 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 to bring in. And so what ends up happening is with no content strategy, with no process, well, then you don't know what role to bring in. You don't mm-hmm. know where the task, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what role to fill what task. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen sort of this trend toward pulling in a partner or a what you know what some are calling it. There is a great HBR article on this called a talent cloud, yeah. where it's a platform of talent, right? It's a it's an access to a network of talent that is helping to create a plan, execute yeah. on that plan, and basically then manage that operation in a mu- and help evolve the marketing organization to pull in things like AI and automation and personalization and all the things that they want to do. Those very unique niche skills that are needed, but only for a specific amount of time. Mm-hmm. So they can plug holes very quickly, very efficiently by bringing in this platform and pulling in the right talent at the right time to the appropriate level of task. And so, whether you call that a talent cloud or a content service, or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not an agency service because it's an agency service typically says hey here's our methodology for solving your problem or creating this campaign and you're going to align or comply with our methodology and and if the agency goes so does the process so does the standard yeah. right so does the yeah, operational yeah. playbook so it but it's also not consulting where it's like a do it for me thing like okay we'll just do this for me no you've got to have the ability to bring in this talent who can build the operational muscle of the organization yeah. so it's kind of half consulting, half training, half mentorship, half documentation and doing. And that level of service is something that we're seeing. And we have pivoted our services to meet this idea. Um, And it's something that we're seeing. And I write about this and I won't belabor for time purposes, all the things, but basically if you want to get started with this, what we're seeing is, is that you've got to form some sort of center of excellence to actually create a mechanism or a lever to pull here and actually execute against it, Mm -hmm. then you've got to develop that roadmap, that process understanding, the way that things are actually getting done so that you understand what tasks can be filled. Mm -hmm. And then you can partner with one of these platforms to help you fill those roles as you need them filled to help evolve and create that innovation where you may not have the budget to do so.
0: that's interesting because i mean i i agree and i've just sort of gone through that which is when when sort of things get constricted then the marketing team then focus on the the knitting and the things they're good at and the things they're used to and you're absolutely right these new um, being differentiated new Um, leveraging ai all the new stuff that's coming along has falls off the wayside and it's interesting that i think that a lot of marketing leaders would like to get more involved with that stuff but they need someone who's going to help them with the day-to-day almost so they can then do the experimentations and stuff so it is it's like it's, it's filling in those those kind of loosely defined gaps isn't it in an organization and keeping things moving
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 That's exactly (laughs) right. It's this, it's this, we don't have time to do it, but it's not that we don't know how to do it. In other words, there's, there's so many situations where we see marketing teams or content teams going, we know exactly what needs to get done or we know how it should get done or we know why it should get done, but we're so busy keeping the lights on, making content, creating campaigns, making sure that we have leads in the funnel. We don't have time for change management. Like we just don't have the resources to be able to put into looking at tweaking our technology or looking at Mm. making changes to workflow processes or documenting new ways of doing things for Mm. cross-functional teams or doing these things. We know what that looks like, Mm -hmm. but We don't know how to do those things because it's a niche skill or a niche set of experience that's needed. And so what we're finding is is that bringing that proven sort of methodology to the table, not Mm -hmm. to do it for them, but rather to help them get better at doing it, is the real key. Yeah.
0: I love, I love that and and I, th- I think that we're seeing so much of that like you, you just mentioned fractional we've talked about I don't like the term necessarily marketing as a service but you're seeing a lot more of, I, I think of that sort of flexible way of working it isn't a hard line between agency and in-house it's that it's trying to create those partnerships isn't it and and, and 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 allowing an organization to kind of flex isn't it when when, when initiatives come along or go away and and create that flexible marketing team which is part in-house part agency part outhouse or whatever you would say yeah I guess, that's I guess. exactly it <laughs> different connotation outhouse when we're sitting in the desert like this yeah uh, we <laughs> yeah well yeah the <laughs> right. 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 so right. where would um i i'm i'm i can imagine where m- one might learn about this sort of model where might one go to learn about this perhaps around content uh strategy where might one go to learn about something like that
1: uh i will point you to for this particular article (laughs) point you to content marketing institute where i've just written about this okay (laughs) um and so that would be great to go to go to go write or to go read the more detailed approach Mm. to what we're seeing here Uh um then of course generally speaking you could visit our website at contentadvisory.net
0: fantastic and and also see the sort of pivot of what you guys are doing and what you guys are now offering which i think uh by the time this this episode goes live should be live i think isn't it Uh, but anyway we'll see how that goes but your website is evolving i think as we've discussed a couple of times and then when people spin the dial on the interwebs and they want to learn more about this stuff where they're going to find you
1: they will find me uh on linkedin primarily where i'm Uh spending a lot of time um Uh and then uh of course uh on um on threads as well where i'd love to Mm. connect with
0: yeah, yeah i'm liking that and of course your your podcast this old martin which we mentioned quite a lot uh because you're doing such a great job over there and but for me personally as we uh, look at the filling spittoon of this western bar will you be with me again next week in the bar
1: oh indeed i will
0: <laughs> i look forward to it my friend i'll see you then Thank you robert some great observations in how we are getting our marketing done with fractional and freelance help certainly seeing that with our work at rockstar cmo and if you're looking for help give us a shout so that's a wrap on episode 201 of the rockstar cmo Fing marketing podcast i've been your host ian truscott thanks to jeff and robert for sharing their insight you can find links to us our work and all the things we discussed in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com along with our blog newsletter and all our previous episodes And thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track and jiving along with us. I would love to hear from you. So please say hello or drop us a rating or review in your favorite podcast app or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. Next week, Jeff and I are planning on chatting about some research that found that 84% of B2B deals are decided before marketers even know about them. And of course, I'll wind down the week with Robert for a cocktail and a fresh marketing thought. Until then, have a great week and I hope you can join us here next week on Rockstar CMO FM.